Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, welcome to all of our locations. If you've got your copy of God's Word, if you take that out and turn to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10. So if you were making a, a list of like top 10 actors or actresses or movies that you would say like connected with you on a deep level, or, or, or maybe even films that you're like, man, that kind of had a, a prophetic edge to it. I'm guessing, now I don't know what your list would be, but I'm guessing that Adam Sandler movies would not be in your top 10. I'm just... I'm just throwing that out. I mean, there was that whole philosophical debate of whether shampoo was better or conditioner was better. And, you know, we can talk through the nuances of that. But mo- most of the time, you're not saying, man, Adam just touches the deepest, the deepest parts of my brain and makes me think. But there was a, there was a movie that was released in 2006. So the date, of, the date of this is important. This is a year before the iPhone. A year before the iPhone, a year before the first smartphones were released. And basically the premise of this movie is they lost, the family lost their remote control. I know, I know, you're hurting, you're feeling that deeply. And and so what he does, what Adam Sandler's character does as the father, he goes down to Bed Bath & Beyond to get a universal remote. And he goes through the bed section, and then he goes through the bath section, and then he goes into the beyond section where he meets this eccentric kind of salesman character named Morty who takes him beyond the beyond section into the way beyond section. And in the way beyond section, he introduces him to a remote that doesn't just have the power to control the television and the DVD player and the satellite and all, all of those different things. It has the power to control life. And how many of you would like a little more power of control in your life? So that mute button might come in handy or the rewind or the auto fast forward. And so Adam Sandler gets back and he's, he's loving this because he gets a cold and now boom, fast forward to when I'm better again. And the kids need a bicycle and he doesn't have enough money to get a bicycle. Boom, fast forward to the next time when he gets a raise. And, and so he's, he's loving this, but what happens, what happens is the remote, lear- watch this, the remote learns his habits. The remote learns his tendencies. And so it begins to fast forward moments in his life that he didn't necessarily want to be fast forwarded. So a year later, he finds out that his dog has passed away. His marriage is, is in trouble, and his kids have grown into people that he didn't even know. And I wonder, I wonder if that movie, if it were released today, would not be called Click, but it would be called Scroll. Scroll. Because the habits of our life sometimes take control over us and cause us and cause us. See, I, I, I think that what, that what happens sometimes is that we're too busy Instagramming the moment and we miss the moment. Like, like we, 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 there's something about our society that encourages us to live distracted lives. I, I think we have to realize that life is made up of moments. And can I, can I just tell you, can I just be like super honest with you? Life is made up of a whole lot of unspectacular, ordinary 
moments. And if you don't understand that, then you're thinking you go through life thinking what's wrong with my life because everybody else's life seems to look like this highlight reel. And sometimes, sometimes like I'm just changing diapers and sometimes I'm just studying for a test and sometimes I'm just sitting, sitting in a meeting. And so, and so we, we scroll we scroll through the boring meeting. We scroll to look busy at a party where nobody's talking to us and we don't want to look awkward. So we got to look busy on our phone and we scroll at our kids or our grandkids sports practice and we scroll when we should be focused and we scroll at the dinner table. And when we're too busy trying to capture moments, then we, that we end up missing moments. There's a problem. And, and sometimes we don't live present. I want to talk to you. I want to help somebody. I want to preach this to somebody today who feels hurried, who feels stressed out, who feels worried, who feels distracted. And I want to go to Luke chapter 10 and tell you the story of Mary and Martha. Story of Mary and Martha. To understand this story, we've got to understand this story in context. So if you just read a page of a book without reading the chapter, it is entirely possible that you take that page out of context. If you just watch a scene in a movie without watching the entire movie, you might miss the context of the movie and thus misinterpret the scene. And can I tell you that this is, now maybe you've been in church a long time, maybe this is your first time, it's okay, we're going to walk through this story together. But if you have been in church for a while, you've probably heard of of this story of Jesus and Mary and Martha. And can I humbly say to you, because I've probably preached it wrong, I think maybe you heard it wrong. Because, because we have read this story out of context. Let me, let me give you the entire context of the chapter. In Luke chapter 10, it starts off with Jesus and he's sending out the 12 disciples. And make no mistake about it, they are working and they are working hard. They're going from town to town. They're going from village to village. They're doing a lot of walking. They're doing a lot of preaching. They've got a prayer ministry. They're casting out demons. They're operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. They are working hard. And then it goes into a prayer of thanksgiving. And then Jesus teaches about the most important commandment. He said, Above all else, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We say it like this at CFA, that we are about loving Jesus and changing the world. And then Jesus says, oh, by the way, that whole love thing, it's not just a feeling. You need action. And so he tells the parable of the Good Samaritan that love isn't just these, these feelings. It's wonderful to have feelings of love during worship, but love then, love then is volunteering at a junior high lock-in. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning, and you don't know when the last time you saw 3 o'clock. You didn't know 3 o'clock in the morning existed. And, and love is volunteering at the Crisis Distribution Center or with Gate Pregnancy Center. And love, love is finding your ministry. And so this, again, this theme, of, this theme of work, this theme of work. And it's in this context where there's a lot of work and there's a lot of action that we come to verse 38. Now let's read our text for today. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Who, who welcomed Jesus? Martha. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. And she came to Jesus and said, Lord, 
doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I'm in the kitchen making the biscuits and frying the chicken and getting the, getting the collard greens ready? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken from her. Can I tell you what this story is not about? This story is not about work is bad and worship is good. This story is about, because how many of you, be honest, how many of you have ever heard this story preached and you're like, I got a little Martha in me and if the world were made up of a bunch of Marys, like that's cool, you just want to come in and worship 24 hours a day, somebody's got to eat. Like somebody got to bring home a paycheck. Somebody's got to change the diapers. Somebody's got to get the kids ready. Come on, anybody, any workers out there? And you're like, you can get your tail into the kitchen and you can load this dishwasher because I've loaded the dishwasher probably the last five times and I can't even remember the, the last time that some, like, some of us have a little bit of that. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm getting you excited today. But, and, and we were talking about this. How many of you are dishwasher reloaders? Uh-huh. And that's why the rest of your family doesn't load the dishwasher is because they walk in and see and you reload the dish. I'm a dishwasher reloader. I am. I'm with you. Because there's, a, there's a, right? I mean, there's places things go. There just is. And you got to pre-wash. And, and you, I, it's horrible. It's horrible. But, but like, like stuff got to get done. <laughs> Things got to get done. This, sto this story is not okay. We need to not work and all join some, some quasi hippie commune and just come together and we're just going wor to worship. Who's going to make the food? I don't know. We're just going to worship. Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna do the work? I don't know. We're just going to worship. That's not what this story is about. Who invited Jesus into the house again? Martha, what was the purpose of the moment? The purpose of the moment was to spend time with Jesus. The very moment that Martha had crafted, she got distracted and Martha missed the moment. And I think if we're not careful in life, if we're not listening to the great conductor of our lives, of the symphony of our lives, the Holy Spirit, we will end up missing moments out of distraction. We will end up scrolling our lives away and we wake up and the kids were just six and now they're 16 and we were just 20 and now we're 40 and life goes fast enough by itself. It doesn't need our participation in a busy, hurried, worried, stressed out, distracted world. And I think what Jesus is saying to us is he is calling us back in into this art and this discipline of being present in moments, being present in moments. So how do we do that? Let me, let me give you some thoughts. By the way, if you're not a note taker, can I encourage you today? Like start, I'm going to get, if you will take notes, try me on this. Try me. If, you, if this doesn't work, you can mail them to me and just say this didn't work. Actually send them to Pastor Steve and he'll scream. But um, like, 
if, if taking these notes doesn't give you the best summer of your life and the best vacation, I'm going to give you the best vacation of your life. Take these notes, put them in your car, put them on, your, put them on the airplane when you're on vacation, put them on your dinner table as a family, put them on your refrigerator. Like, I think, I think I'm going to help you. The Word of God is going to help you. So I, want you, I really want you to write these things down. Number one, I don't want to miss moments by living distracted. I don't want to miss moments by living distracted. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted. How many of you know we live in a distracted society? Distracted drivers who drive uh, and look at stuff that they should not be looking at while they are driving. And even sitting at stoplights look at things that they should not be looking at while they are sitting at stoplights. If you're at a stoplight, you have one goal and one purpose in your entire life. And that's to look at that stoplight. And when the light turns red to green, take your foot off the brake and put it onto the gas and go. That's your purpose. That's your purpose. And if you do not engage in that purpose, your pastor will honk at you. <laughs> I might not because my vehicle's a little conspicuous and then you'll be like, I ain't going back to that church again. But I'm just telling you, I'm just going to try and encourage you and lift you up in the Holy Spirit and, and get you connected to your, to your purpose. But we, we live distracted, don't we? We live in a distracted society so much so that I think that the superpower of the 21st century will be those who are able to pay attention. And if you're simply able to pay attention to people and to conversations and to the moments with the, which the Lord see every, watch this, either God's in charge or he isn't, and either the moment that you are sitting in is ordained by the Lord or it's not. And if it's ordained by the Lord, then he's got something for you in that moment. I don't want to miss moments because if I miss moments, I miss Jesus. I might, what have you missed in your life because we've scrolled past the Holy Spirit. We've scrolled past a nudge of the Holy Spirit in a, in a, in a waiting room. We've scrolled, we've scrolled past a lesson that the Lord wanted to teach us in our, in our, in our boredom and wanting to get through these things. Just some, just some research for you. A couple of researchers. Um, one says, we found that the more you use Facebook over time, the more likely you are to experience negative physical health, negative mental health, and negative life satisfaction. Another author writes this, he says, the more time one spends on social media, the greater association with anxiety symptoms and the greater likelihood of an anxiety disorder. In other words, the research says, the research says when social media use goes up, life satisfaction goes down. I, I, Love this, then I put it on your note sheet because it's a lot of words and I wanted you to, wanted you to have it. I'm not going to read all of them, but I think this would be worth gathering some people around a, a coffee shop table if you're, if you're a single adult or, or, or gathering it with your friends or gathering with your family and just going over these and saying, man, what, what are we scrolling away in our lives? Um, your thousandth social media friend won't make you any happier, but your fourth real friend will. Uninterrupted time is life's most valuable limited resource. Most news isn't news. Envy isn't good therapy. Rage isn't good therapy. Working out is good therapy. Do something now you'll want to talk about at the dinner table tonight. Political addicts are weird. Can I get an amen? <laughs> there aren't many of them. They're just loud. 
I love this one. I'd rather be with the people I'm with right now than with the people I'm not with. If 7A isn't true, get you some new friends. Like hang out with people that are worth hanging out with. Not number nine, not every bad thing in the world requires a response from me. Come on, that'll set you free right there. This, and, this, and this is its partner. Not every mean th thing said to you requires you to acknowledge it. I bless you this week with the Holy Spirit, spiritual gift of the smile, nod, and walk on. It doesn't require a, sponsor, a response from you. You can, you can keep, uh, I'm going to get stuck there, but just... <laughs> I don't want to miss moments. I don't want to miss moments by living distracted. I don't, want to, I don't want to miss moments by making something big in my life that doesn't need to be big. Verse 40, Martha was distracted by the big dinner. Here's what's really interesting. Nowhere in this story do I find where Jesus asked her to cook a big dinner. I wonder how many times in our lives are we living burdened, stressed lives because we have taken on jobs and responsibilities that the Lord never asked us to take on in the first place. What if Jesus would have been happy with a sandwich? What if Jesus would have been happy with some, with some Palestinian takeout from the from the cart down the street like what if Jesus would have been just happy with a with a cup of coffee but 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 Martha see what's crazy is Martha suffers from the same thing that we suffer like I don't know what it was in that society maybe it was the outside pressure oh Jesus is coming Jesus is coming over it's got to be big maybe maybe Martha was working through some inner turmoil like I gotta I gotta impress I gotta work to impress Jesus don't act like you haven't felt these things before like other people are going to be judging me. This is an event and other people are coming over to my house and it's got to be big. And it's got, have you noticed like everything's got to be big? Like, like every anniversary has got to be big. Every birthday has got to be big. Every half birthday. Look, I'm happy for your birthday. We'll celebrate your birthday. But half birthdays aren't a thing. I'm just, <laughs> the, I was reading this this week. The Queen of England celebrates two birthdays. So when, if and when you ever become the Queen of England, you get two birthdays. Right now, you get one birthday, and it's going to be kind of big. And, and some people will forget about it, and, and, and you, but, that's, but that's okay. But we got to make everything big. Kids' birthday parties. we got to outdo, for our six-year-old, we feel like we got to outdo their fifth-grade, uh, fifth, five-year-old birthday party. And, 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 and we got to outdo ourselves and outdo ourselves. And the average cost of a wedding, the average cost of a wedding, hey, engaged couples, look at me, 30 $5,000. Look, look, look. If you got it, spend it. If you want to have a destination wedding in the Caribbean, I will be happy to be flown down there by you and officiate said wedding. If you've been saving up, if somebody else is paying for whatever they can, if you want to go big, go big. That's not, that's not the issue. The issue is if you're making $35,000 a year, <laughs> and if the debt of your wedding outlasts your marriage, there is a pro there's a problem. <laughs> And I'm not speaking a short longevity of your marriage. I'm just saying, like, if you're in your 60s, 
You still paying off that wedding? That's a, that's a problem. So like if you want to go all out on a plantation and you got the money, then go for it. But you know what else works? Chicken tenders and some celery sticks in your backyard. And have you found, have you found whether it's, whether it's holidays or picnics or family get-togethers or just getting together with, with some friends, that sometimes we can make the event so big that we're so stressed out about the event that we don't have time at the event to spend time with the people that the event is for. And that's what happened to Martha. Martha said, Jesus, come on over, but the bigness of the event overshadowed the purpose of the event, and I just want to free you from that. If you want to go big, go big, but don't you dare go big because you think somebody else expects you to go big. You do, you do, you do your wedding, you do your birthday, you do your anniversary. And as we choose to live in the rhythms of Jesus and not the rhythms of other people's expectations on our, on our lives, then we will learn to live a less stressed, less worried, less hurried. I don't want to miss, I don't want to miss these moments by trying to live up to the dis functional expectations of others. I keep reading this, I keep reading this verse and I, I keep smiling at it. So Martha comes to Jesus and said, um, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. In this scene, in this picture, where is Mary? Like, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Can you say passive aggressive? <laughs> like, Mary's like, hello, right here, right here. And Martha, Martha's just talking past Mary in this passive aggressive play where she's trying to lay this guilt trip on Mary using religious language. Hello? Watch this. Some of you have a Martha in your life and it's about to get broken. And the Martha in your life is probably related to you. They probably love Jesus. They're probably a hard worker, but they do not control the job description of your life. And I'm going to tell you the definition of a miserable life is Mary trying to live to please Martha. I don't care if Martha's your mama or your sister or the aunt who raised you. I'm thankful for them. You honor them and you bless them. But right now, in the name of Jesus, I cut off the expectations that they have placed on you to live somebody else's life. Because if other people live in dysfunction, then they're going to try and put a guilt trip on you to join, join me in my dysfunction. Join The world will never be short of people that want to rally you to their level of emotional image and dysfunction, and I break that over you in the name of Jesus. Here's what a merry life looks like. A merry life looks like this. Hey, Jesus, if you want me to go in that kitchen and make biscuits, I'll make the best biscuits you ever have seen in your life. If you want me to go out and buy wheat, if you want me to clean the house, Jesus, I'll do whatever you want me to do, but I'm not doing it because Martha said it. I'm doing it because you said it. So having this Mary spirit that doesn't get mad at Martha, that doesn't get bitter at Martha, that prays for Martha, that allows the Lord to set Martha free of her dysfunction. I mean, that's a, that's a fun coworker to be around, right? The coworker, they're a workaholic. 
They have zero self-awareness of their workaholism. They try to draw you into said workaholism and then make you feel guilty about it by being passive aggressive. Well, I'll just stay the weekend and finish the project. No, you're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that anymore. You're gonna bless them, you're gonna love them, you're gonna be kind to them, you're not gonna get bitter at them, you're gonna honor them, but you're going to live. Now, if if that person signs your paycheck, if that if you are under 18, now don't don't misinterpret your pastor and get yourself in trouble. <laughs> 16 year old. Mama tell you to clean your room. I'm not trying to hear you, Martha. I'm just listening to Jesus. No, clean your room. Just clean your room. Just clean your room. Your boss tells you to stay late. Stay late. Like, you got to. But you know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, about the relative that is using emotional manipulation in your life to try to get you to live to their level of dysfunction. That ain't going to be over your life anymore. You're going to live free from that. I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss moments by worrying over the details. I don't want to miss moments by worrying over details. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. You know, sometimes it's not the big picture. It's not the dream. It's not the end goal. It's not those things. We get wrapped up in all of the details. Pastor Zach said something a couple of weeks ago that has set me free. He said, he said some of you have had this in your mind that the devil is in the details, right? Because that's the saying, the devil's in the details. And honestly, that's the way I've lived because I'm like, I love the dream. And then I get sucked into these details. And I'm not a detail person, but I know they got to be done and so I worry about the details but I don't want to deal with the details and Zach said this he said stop that he said he said he was just giving a word to the staff he said he said the devil's not in the details he said God's in the details and can I tell you since he said that I have found that to be true Pastor John's at Center City preaching right now so uh, let's just pause and we bless John and Jess with un, un, like, like uncommon favor in the name of Jesus and God knit these churches together in this apostolic network for your glory and, and there's a lot of, like, that's a fun vision, but how many of you know that working through the details can be challenging? Can I tell you as a testimony to the power of God that he has been in all the details? Every meeting and email and text message and, and MOUs and all of this stuff, he, God, has been in the details. Quickly, let me, give you, let me give you the best vacation of your life. Let me give you these three things, a message within the message. How, so how do you apply these things? How to take a good vacation? Number one, I'm not that important. Say that. Say, I'm not. That important. Tell the person beside you, say, you're not that important. Some of you said that with a little too much emphasis on that, but, but it's true, right? Like, listen, I love you, but stop the, stop the whole savior of the world complex. Like, like really, your business is going to survive you spending a week at the beach. I, prom I promise it will. John Maxwell wrote, achievement comes to someone when he's able to do great things for himself. Success comes when he empowers his followers to do great things with him. Significance comes when he develops leaders to do great things for him. But a legacy is created when a person puts his organization into the position to do great things without him. The test of your leadership is not how good things go when you're there, but how good things go when you leave. It's Listen, it's amazing what people can figure out if they can't get a hold of you. 
They'll, fit, they'll figure it out. But we live in a society where the, the default is, oh, where's the thing? I, I text, text. I got to text. And, I, and, and, if you, and if you don't text me back, like in five seconds, what's, what's wrong? The world is coming to, a, coming to an end. And then, and then the second thing, this will set you free. God is working while I'm resting. Like pin, pin that somewhere on your vacation. Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. In other words, unless God's at work in your situation, and he is, everything that you're trying to do to help that situation isn't going to do any good to begin with. But watch now the power of God. It's useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. Rest is a blessing from the Lord, and the Spirit of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, is at work in the people and the meetings that you're stressed about missing. He's at work in the email. Uh, he's at work in the person's heart. Do you know the person that sent you the email? Maybe God's going to work behind the scenes and do a miracle in that situation. And it took you going on vacation and not responding to the email for God to do the miracle. Sometimes the best thing that you can do is just, just unplug. And then the, the third thing, here's a really practical application here. Set your voicemail, your email, and your text messages. By the way, there's a way to do this. So go in and just Google like auto response on the text message. Like, do you know you can manipulate your phone to be like, uh, thank you for reaching out. I am on vacation and I will be happy to get back with you on July 31st of 2021. You can set whatever that is. You can set that text message and set you, set you free. Here's the final, here's the final verse. Here's the, the story's coming to a, a close here. And here's, here's what Jesus says. Jesus says to Martha, he says, Martha, there's only one thing. Say one thing. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Watch this. Jesus doesn't say there's only one thing that's important. He just says, don't be concerned about the other stuff, but be concerned about this one thing. So, so if Jesus is saying there's only one thing in the entire world worth your concern, and I want, I want to know what that is, right? I want to know what that is. Is it, is it the, do I, do I be concerned about the meeting? Do I be concerned about how the kids are behaving? Do I be concerned about, like, be concerned about report card? Remember, Jesus isn't saying they're not important. He said, just says, don't worry about it. Don't be concerned about it. And he says, Mary has discovered it, but it will not be taken from her. What was, what was that thing? It was this, that Mary didn't miss the moment of living out the rest of her life out of time with Jesus. I think we've gotten in our head, like Martha's the worker and Mary was lazy or Mary was, maybe Mary could outwork Martha every day of the week. We don't know that. Maybe Mary was a fantastic worker, but the difference was Mary worked out of a position of sitting at the feet of Jesus. See, while Martha was cooking, Mary was eating. Mary was eating. Mary realized that Jesus is the bread of life, and I gotta, I gotta fill my belly before I fill my belly on fried chicken. I gotta get the bread of life in me before I take a sip of that sweet tea. I gotta get the rivers of living water in my belly. That's the, and so, and so. Let me, let me, let me leave you with this. What's the, if you go grocery shopping, what's the rule of grocery shopping? Don't, don't go. 
with small children. Did I hear that? Uh, yes, that's, that's a good one. If you can help it, a lot of times that can be helped. No, the rule, of the rule of grocery shopping is don't go hungry. Don't go hungry. Because if you go hungry, you're gonna get, you're gonna load your cart with junk. You're gonna load your cart with stuff that you don't need and you're gonna end up paying for it at the end. And I think sometimes we go through life, we go through life hungry. And if I go through life hungry, I end up taking on more than I was meant to take on. And I end up filling my life with junk and I listen to other people's gossip and end up listening to other people's complaining. And then I, and then I, pay, and then I pay for it at the end of the day. But if you eat first, if you eat first, if you eat first, if you eat first, pastor, what does that look like? It looks like setting your alarm just a little bit early and getting up and opening that bread of life that is the word of God. And before, before you open up your laptop to check the email and before you scroll the social media feed and before the phone calls start coming in and before the kiddos start wanting breakfast, you, you just open up and you eat first. And you say, Jesus, what do you have for me today? I'm gonna feed on you. I'm gonna spend time just absorbing your presence and I will live the rest of my day out of eating First, with heads bowed and eyes closed, Lord, I pray for somebody that's hurried. I pray for somebody that's worried over details. I pray for somebody that's got a cool vacation scheduled, but they're stressed about their vacation because they're thinking, how am I going to get all this stuff done? And, and I'm going to come back to a mess. And no, Sabbath is from you. And I bless them and I release this word over, over this house for this summer that you are at work while we're resting, that you are taking care of things by the power of your Holy Spirit and by your angelic warrior that we can't take care of. And so I release your people into spending, living our lives out of eating first in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.